but if the device is not valid, um, there are two options. If the allegation is that of fraud or serious misconduct, the board may remove the secretary and report to the next general meeting. Welcome to the Fit and Proper Podcast by DigiLaw. Your host, Kemi Ubi, and co-host, Jimo Tayo. Hello, you are welcome back to the Fit and Proper Podcast. And if this is your first time joining us, um, you are welcome and it's nice to have you. I am your host, Kemi Ubi, and with me is Tayo Jimo. In our last episode that covers corporate law practice, we talked about directors in corporate governance and going in that same flow. Today's episode will be a continuation of that discussion as we'll be talking about the company secretaries in corporate governance. Tyler, you're welcome today. I hope you're doing good. Yes, I'm fine. Hello, everybody. It's nice to be back here. Okay, so getting right into the discussion, Tyler, what is the status of a company secretary and what are the qualifications required to be one? Alright, so um, a secretary is an high-ranking officer of the company who may be part of the management of the company. The secretary services the board and may, be res- may also be responsible for the day-to-day running of the company. There's this popular dictum by Lord Denny in the case of Panorama Development Limited against Fidelis Furnishing Fabrics Limited, where Lord Denny said, the company secretary is a much more important person he is no longer a mere clerk. He regularly makes representations on behalf of the company and enters into contracts on its behalf. Section 293 sub 1 of the Company and Allied Matters Act says that every company must have a secretary. So we should also note that a person can be a director and a secretary at the same time. Alright, so a secretary is an high-ranking officer of a company and may be part of the management of the company, right? The company is the secretary services the board and may be responsible for the day-to-day running of the company. Um, a secretary is not is no longer a servant of the company. There's this popular dictum by Lord Denny in the case of Panorama Development Limited against Fidelis Furniture Fabrics Limited, where Lord Denny said that the company secretary is a much more important person. Is no longer a mere clerk. He regularly makes representations on behalf of the company and enters into contracts on its behalf. So what this means is that every company must have a secretary by section 293 sub 1 and the secretary is one who has statutory duties to perform for the company and you know services both the board of the company and the general meeting of the company. So a person can be a director and a secretary at the same time but where the law requires that certain acts to be done by secretary and the director, they must be done by two separate persons. For example, if the company is signing a deed and they need to put their sale and it requires um signature by the secretary and the director, so it has to be separate persons signing that document. Qualifications, it depends on the type of company. So for private companies, the qualification is that a person who in the opinion of the director has the requisite, you know, knowledge and experience to discharge the functions of the secretary by section 295. 
but for public companies, statutory must be either a member of the Institute of Chartered Secretaries and Administrators or a legal practitioner within the meaning of the legal practitioner that a member of the Institute of Chartered Accountants of Nigeria or such other bodies of accountants as I established from time to time. And the person who has held office in you know, accordance with subsection D of section 295 of the Companies and Allied Matters Act. Also, a law firm can be the secretary of a company. A, an accounting firm can be the secretary of a company. Firm of chartered secretaries and administrators can be the secretary of a public company. So that is qualification. Okay. So how then are company secretaries appointed? Yeah. So every, like I said before, every company shall have a secretary. So Generally, a company secretary is appointed by the directors and may be removed by them subject to the provisions of Section 296 of the Company Analyze Management. So, the procedure for appointment is either the secretary has been appointed at the point of the company's incorporation and the particulars are contained in CAC Form 1.1. And so, this, this appointment is done by the subscribers to the memorandum and articles of application. Um, however, um, if this is not the case, if the secretary was appointed at the point of the company's incorporation, so first of um, a board meeting should be convened, and like we said, a board meeting requires notice, 14 days notice, and then a board resolution to be passed to appoint the secretary, and within 14 days of this resolution, the notice of the appointment will be given to the Corporate Affairs Commission by um, filing from CAC 2.1, and thereafter, particulars of the secretary can be entered into the register of directors and secretaries pursuant to section 290. So, um, since you already mentioned it, that the directors can remove the company secretary, I'm sure there's more to that. So, let's talk about the removal of company secretaries. Alright, so removal is also dependent on what type of company it is. If it's a private company, what needs to happen is that the company should give 14 day notice of board of directors meeting, then directors can pass a resolution removing the secretary, and then from CAC 2.1 is still to the effect of any change in the particulars of who is the, who is a company secretary. So this must be filed with the Corporate Affairs Commission within 14 days. Now, if it is a public company, the law says that the secretary must be given notice and the notice must state the intention to remove the secretary and the grounds on which the intended removal is based and a period of not less than seven working days to make a defense. So when this is done, the secretary might choose to make a defense, or the secretary might choose to re resign within those 14 days, those seven days, sorry. So if the secretary makes a defense and the defense, um, the defense is accepted as, you know, valid by the company, that, that ends the case. But if the defense is not valid, um, there are two options. If the allegation is that of fraud or serious misconduct. The board may remove the secretary and report to the next general meeting. But if it is other than fraud or serious misconduct, the law says that the board cannot remove the secretary without the approval of the general meeting. What the board can then do is to suspend the secretary and report to the general meeting. So that's the removal of the secretary. Okay. Wow. So well, from what you say, the company secretary sounds like a very important person in the company. 
know, in layman's, what you know about the secretary is that they send the secretary to buy coffee or to prepare coffee or water. But well, secretary sounds like a very important person. So what are the duties of a company secretary in a company? Yes, so uh, general duties include attending meetings, taking, you know, minutes of the meetings, attending meetings of, you know, the board, the company, the committees, the various committees, and also maintaining registers and records, rendering proper returns and proper notices to corporate affairs commission, um, administrative duties as directed by the company. So, like, unlike directors, ordinarily, the secretary has no fiduciary duties to the company, but where the secretary performs administrative duties, then he becomes an agent of the company and therefore, you know, um, therefore has fiduciary duties. So that is general, you know, duties. But as it relates to the general meeting, right, um, I think, um, I've seen past questions in my finals where, um, the question is, what are the duties as it relates to general meetings? So the hack here is that the answer cannot only be the duties during the meeting. It has to be divided into like three before the meeting, during the meeting, and after the meeting. So d- before the meeting, the director should prepare the notice. You know, if it is a board meeting, the board is a general meeting, then general meeting. So the notice must include date, time, venue, agenda, and draft proposed resolution section 218 of Company and Allied Matters that provides for the things that should be in a notice for general meeting. Yes, so notice to those entitled to receive them. Those entitled to receive them are, um, as a matter of law. So section 219 for general meeting, section 266. For board of directors, additional notices contain other section Also, duties before the meeting that the venue is well prepared, that um, financial statements and any other document that are to be used at the meeting are well circulated, and the secretary is supposed to prepare and take to the meeting a copy of memorandum and article of association attendance book for persons are qualified to attend, minute book, a copy of the laws, company and allied matters that can the agenda for the meeting and other necessary documents. Um, so when during the meeting, the secretary has the duty of recording the names of persons in attendance and present and report, you know, apologies or excuses for absence and where there's information for signing the attendance and so that attendance is signed. The secretary is to check that there's quorum and then that quorum is maintained throughout the meeting. Accurate notes taken, taking minutes of the decisions and noting any further action to be taken. Also record arrival time, especially um, for, you know, for example, meeting of the board where the law says that if the appointed chairman of the board is late, he can be replaced for that meeting. So, the board, if the chairman of the board is late for five minutes in the board of directors meeting, can be replaced. If he's late for one hour for general meeting, it can be replaced. So it is the duty of the secretary then to keep accurate recording of arrival time. So the secretary should, is also like mandated to give necessary secretarial services about, you know, procedural rules and regulations, governing the meeting, compliance with rules and regulations. Etc. And you know, the secretary should also keep track of the progress um, as against the backdrop of the agenda. So, if any agenda items are missing, the secretary should advise the chairman 
so that they can go back to it. So after the meeting, Secretary is, you know, duties, render proper returns and give notifications to corporate affairs commission, notify departments, branches, relevant, you know, personnel or positions that affect them, the company secretary to maintain registers and records required to be maintained, and you know, carry out such administrative and other secured duties as directed by the director of the company. So those are the duties. Okay. That's a lot of work for just one person. All right, so um, let's talk about the statutory filings that a company secretary has to carry out. Yes, okay. So one thing to note here is that the use of words, there are differences from the same statutory filings or the same statutory records and etc. And we need to keep track of the, the, the dates, I mean the dates that they are due. And those dates are very important, especially filings, so that we won't go beyond the days specified. So, for example, special resolution or chain of debt, 15 days after the end of the period allowed for confirmation by the court. Notice of change of particulars of directors and secretaries. We said this earlier, 14 days, section 292. Registration of charges, 90 days. Annual returns, final of annual returns, 42 days. You know, return on allotment, one month. Return on alteration of share capital, 15 days. And... Statutory reports at least 25 days before statutory meeting. Members have to send reports. Returns on auditors. Returns during receivership and winding up 14 days. Um, section 553. So all of these are just, you know, examples of the filings that by law require. And that's it. So, um, Tayo, before we go, is there anything, uh, veteran in the Nigerian law school right now should know as regards preparation for bar exams, when it concerns company secretaries in corporate government? Oh, yeah. So, like I've been mentioning, first of all, you have to pay attention to the question. If it is a private company, if it is a public company, different rules applies when it comes to qualifications and when it comes to removal and when it comes to, you know, certain duties and certain files. So, um, I think that that's, that's the thing to pay attention to. And, you know, the differences in the terms, like, um, records to be kept, filings to be made, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you, Tyler, for joining us today. It's been an absolute delight discussing with you and learning from you. Yes, and thank so, you very much. It's a pleasure. And to our listeners, our choice of topics, as always, are based on what you feel in our feedback forms. So when you see it online, don't hesitate to fill the forms and tell us topic subjects you are struggling with. However, over the next few episodes, as it concerns corporate law practice, we will be discussing corporate governance. And um, also feel free to reach out to us through our social media pages if you have questions and suggestions. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at DigitalNG. We hope you've had a great time today. Till we meet again, stay safe and stay proper. And that's all for today's episode of the Fit and Proper Podcast, a DigiLaw production. For more about DigiLaw, you can check out our website at www.digilaw.com.ng. Follow us on social media. On LinkedIn, we are at DGL Africa. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at DigiLawNG. The Fit and Proper Podcast was hosted by Kemi Ubi and Tayo Jimo. The scriptwriter is Kemi Ubi. 
production and editing is handled by Akin Ifain Agumbiade, while voiceover is by Fashion Adibi. Until we meet again, stay fit and stay proper.